and welcome to this week's instalment of looking behind the scenes on stunts and action on television and film. How are you? Um, hands up, how many people have been involved in a car accident? Uh, in particularly, have you ever been knocked down by a car? Oh, quite a lot of you. That's interesting. Why was that, do you think? Um, was it your fault? Was it the fault of the driver? Tricky, isn't it? Because fault, certainly in this type of incident, often blame is both, both parties. Either the driver of the vehicle is travelling too fast, is preoccupied, isn't aware of what's happening in front of him, uh, doesn't see, uh, doesn't see the issue, and then somebody is knocked down. Or it's the fault of the pedestrian, and the pedestrian again preoccupied walks out into the street or runs out into the street if you're a child or you know uh, and then uh, you don't see what's happening and next thing you know you are being hit by a vehicle so blame is something that when screenwriters come up with ideas for situations and they think, right, I think when they, when they, that this situation, that will be a good idea here to have this particular character knocked down by a car. There needs to be background on this. There needs to be some form that makes sense in the narrative so that they don't just get knocked down by a car, uh, i.e. they're being chased, they're in a hurry, you know, they see somebody across the road, uh, seeing that individual across the road is very important to the then flow of the rest of the script for this character, for the overall project it's important. So that's how a lot of this starts and then when it is confirmed that that's exactly what's going to happen, um, the actor or actress who is to be um, uh, knocked down by the car, the stunt double is brought in along with the stunt coordinator and they make all the provisions first leading up to the action itself. You'll be doubling the actor for that initial impact, perhaps. Perhaps it's a glancing blow. Perhaps you are to, uh, almost like a near-miss scenario, you are to hit the vehicle and be spat off. Or you're to go the full length of the car. Um, often it's much more exciting if it is a fairly lengthy vehicle. Uh, did we ever see a movie called Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion? Is that what it was called? Somebody will let me know if it's if it's not that. Uh, but I seem to remember somebody being hit by a limousine, 
and rolling across the roll, 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 right across the top of the thing and down the other side. Took took forever to go by, but it was very, it was amusing because it was something I hadn't seen before. But uh, went to show you know the, the the changes and the difficulties in each vehicle because they're all different. Um, I'm driving a uh, a Honda. Um, it's a uh, hatch and uh, you you know getting knocked down by this would be very different to getting knocked down by a mini for instance or a smart car in the smaller varieties and then in the larger varieties Mercedes uh, E-Class C-Class um, that's a very different animal there's much more of it and similarly with sports vehicles as well you know where they're much much lower to the ground and uh, you you know you have to improvise based on, on on the situation so there's a whole bunch of different scenarios but the vehicle needs to be prepped and ideally the front of that vehicle we'll take a standard saloon car as an example just for simplicity um, the front of that car needs to be prepped and by, by that I mean they need, if there's anything on that vehicle that could cause additional damage and by that I mean obviously the stuntman or, or stunt performer rolling up onto the bonnet um, they could have additional injury by maybe catching the windscreen wipers therefore they could do with either being removed or taped down or taped over so there's not as much of a sharp edge perhaps um, that it might be a little simpler to get that job done uh, vehicles like another good example Mercedes Rolls-Royce they have a logo which stands proud at the tip of the the hood, the bonnet. Um, in certain cases, that may need to be removed or be replaced by something slightly more pliable—a rubber equivalent or a, or a uh, you know, a, a spongier equivalent. So when the the when the double does go up, it's going to bang into it, roll into it, bend it, but it'll stay put. Do you know what I mean? So visually, it's there. And of course, the director wants to cover this with as many camera possibilities as he can the editor needs to have as much play so that there is uh, an equivalent to be used yes we've got this camera angle but we've also got this angle over here and uh, here this is a much better look the way the guy gets up onto the car and this is a better angle for when he gets spat off the other side the script will say um, individual gets knocked down by a car. It doesn't give any major specifics unless they appear in a later scene. Then you realize, well, they're not dead, so therefore they're going to have to maybe get thrown off the car at some point. Do you go all the way? Do you come off over the door? Um, do you get spat off over the wheel arch? You know, there's numerous ways of being able to do it, but it's, it's traveling and it's having momentum and momentum is key and this is, goes back to that point I made at the top of this about how many of you 
have been in, uh, been knocked down by a car because being knocked down by a car uh, is horrific. It's a horrific thing to watch. I have seen it happen um, many moons ago in a previous life. Um, I was a store detective uh, working uh, in department stores in Leicester and um, there was a guy who had taken a, a considerable amount, many, many goods uh, from uh, ladies' fashions, I believe it was. So presumably buying, selling, picking to order. And so I had given chase. Uh, there was a couple of uniformed police officers who had also given chase. And he ran in to the back entrance of a department store that's no longer there now called uh, British Home Stores. He ran in there, ran through the shop, and came out at an entrance uh, on a street called Halford Street, which is a one-way street. And this is where I managed to catch up with him. And I say catch up with him, I'd managed to get hold of the bag that he was, he was holding. So I got that, which might have delayed him somewhat coming out through the doorway when we crashed through this doorway. And he raced out into the street, and it was a taxi came flying down the street and hit him and threw him in the air. He went up in the air, um, well, I've used this thing before, like a bowling ball, you know, like a bowling pin. Up he went, and uh, I had assumed that he was coming down to land on me, and uh, had started to roll back into the doorway when. I saw him land, and the problem was he landed on his head, um, and uh, there was a, a, quite a considerable amount of blood, and he was taken to hospital. Now, uh, an ambulance came and collected him, he subsequently died later. But, and that was because of that, um, um, because of that initial impact, firstly throwing him up into the air, he must have caught the edge of it and slid up the bonnet and been thrown into the air. I don't think the taxi was uh, abiding by any speed limit whatsoever and was actually hurtling down this particular piece of street. So the added momentum and impetus from the vehicle had then thrown him up into the air and of course then the landing, he wasn't prepared of course, he hadn't, you never think these things through. And if your mind works at 100 miles an hour, you might think, I'll just put my hands out or something. And he didn't very clearly and landed on his head. And so there was the impact with the ground, which I'm assuming was, was where this uh, fatality had come from. So it's very, very easy to forget how easy this can happen. And many, many years ago, uh, a fabulous stunt woman in America called Tammy Baird had provided vital, vital information in regards to what you can do if you get yourself in a situation where all of a sudden you have nowhere else to go and you are likely to be hit by the vehicle, the oncoming car, for whatever reason. And as I said at the top, it's easy to get sidetracked these days, um, particularly if you're wearing headphones, a lot of people wearing headphones. If you're 
shouting on the phone. Phones are often the, the major case here. It's distraction. You are distracted for a moment enough whereby you take your eye off the ball for a second. You know if you hadn't got your phone, if you weren't on it, you'd be looking in both directions. Which is why in Britain, in the 70s, we had a campaign uh, to teach children how to cross the road. The Green Cross Code was provided by the Green Cross Code man, who was David Prowse. David Prowse, you will know, was the physical Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies. His voice was created by James Earl Jones, but he was the physical body. This is a tale of the supernatural. The Tapes, a podcast of the uncanny. Do you believe in ghosts? Join me, host Christopher Goldie, and guests as we discuss the best in unsettling television and film. Who is this? Who is coming? Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for at the Tapes Pod, part of the Pod Dojo Network. Now, that campaign said to children, okay, you want to cross the road? This is how you do it. You stand here, you look both ways, and you listen. And if it's still okay, then whilst you walk, you keep looking and listening the whole time until you get across to the other side. Now this is probably before the time when there were as many zebra crossings as we refer to them here, I don't know what you guys call them in America, but we call them zebra crossings. Um, And uh, you still see it now to this day when there's a perfectly serviceable set of traffic lights on a piece of road and 10 yards down the road, people are trying to cross the road. Why are you doing Walk up to the traffic lights, surely. That's gotta be the simplest way of doing things, but they do. So this code, I taught my son how to cross the road in exactly the same way. I remember the advertisements as I was a child, it stays with you, and looking and listening when you're crossing the road is pretty good advice. You know, that's not bad. As advice goes, it's right up there. So we go back to stunt woman Tammy Baird. And she was interviewed for a, uh, uh, a news program, and she had said, if you get into a situation where you suddenly find that there is a vehicle bearing down on you, you have a split second to remember this vital piece of information. And the information is this. The first thing, traditionally, the first thing that is likely to hit you if you are hit by a car, you're going to be hit by the front of the car on your knees or your hips, depending on how tall you are. If it's a standard saloon, if it's my car, for instance, I'm likely to get, I'm I'm five, seven and a half. So I'm likely to be hit in the hips or the knees or the thighs. And I know how difficult it can be uh, to have 
broken legs, broken hips. I've done it. I've had hip problems for many, many years. And it's not pleasant and it's not easy to fix. Uh, these are long-term problems that will uh, cause you issue for the rest of your lives. And it's all by just thinking what you could do. So if you are an average height, I'd like to be considered as average height, but I'm very clearly not. But if you are of average height, you are likely first port of impact to be hit, knees, thighs, hips. And if that's the case, your main concern in that split second, if you forget everything else, is to jump up enough to clear the bonnet. And that's absolutely massively important. If you can jump up, allowing the bonnet or hood to pass under you, and the first port of contact be the windscreen, you're winning. Just let that sink for a moment. That's massively important. We'll, we'll cross the bridge about landing in the windscreen in a second. But that initial impact is where a great many individuals are injured. If that's a 25, 30, 40 mile an hour vehicle, really, if you're hit at 20 miles an hour and above by a vehicle, and it hits you in the knees, thighs, or hips, that's a very, very serious injury you're gonna have. And even, it could be fatal, because that what that impact will do is it will then send you, inertia will send you in the opposite direction at great speed. And you will land in the street. And if you're not prepared, obviously, you know, impacts of that nature, you're very rarely prepared you may not be able to cover your head fast enough, you could hit your head on the floor and it could be fatal. Therefore, to rule this out and give yourself a sporting chance of reading the papers in the morning, jump, a little lift, try and clear the bonnet. If you can do that, you have a possibility of landing on the bonnet or in the windscreen. And windscreens are, nowadays anyway, quite forgiving. I mean, if you, there is a possibility you'll stick in it. Okay, worst case scenario, you'll get some lacerations from the glass. But again, windscreen glass, safety glass, it's changed considerably. There were times many years ago maybe 25, 30 years ago, where if you hit a windscreen, it would shatter and fall in. Uh, I had an occasion, uh, oh, a long time ago, I was driving along the road, a stone came up and hit the car, and it was right in the very, very corner of the windscreen, driver's side, for me, right-hand drive, bottom right-hand side. The entire windscreen shattered and it fell in. Now, a lot of those now, they're designed in such a way with the fibres that are connected within them to cushion an impact. For instance, a body landing in a windscreen will cause that windscreen to shatter but not collapse, not fall in. It will simply hold that weight 
and allow an almost safe area giving you, buying you vital moments, vital seconds for the vehicle to then come to a stop it does two things firstly you are safer again possible lacerations alright so that's worst case scenario you're still alive and more importantly also those people inside the vehicle are not injured by an average 9, 10, 11 stone person coming through the windscreen and injuring them for them to then lose control of the vehicle and crash the vehicle causing worse damage do you see what I mean? So her information about jumping is hugely important. And um, if you're ever in a situation where you're walking along a car park, your car, your car is parked, stand next to it at the front. Stand next to it at the front with your body against the front of the car and judge. It's an average size vehicle, very possibly. If you're driving something much bigger, you're going to have to reconsider, and I'll touch on that in a second. But if it's a standard saloon hatchback type vehicle, chances are knees, thighs, hips, that is your first part of port of contact. Stand next to it and go, okay, if that does happen, can I can I jump up here? Okay, I can jump up. And the left leg, the lead leg, if you're, let's say you're crossing the road and the traffic is coming from your left, that left leg is the thing that you want to clear, get it out of the way. You're jumping using the right leg just to buy you a moment of additional time, allowing you enough to maybe save your life and save the life of that individual. Um, I, I will stress here that you know we talked about impacts at, at slower speeds. If if the, the the vehicle that is bearing down on you is travelling at huge speed, and by huge speed I mean way faster than the speed limit for that particular street that you're walking upon, it won't hurt you to do the same thing. Uh, but. You know, if you've, if you've got to the stage where your life is flashing before you, your decisions may be limited as to what's available to you. But I would say it's not going to do you the worst harm to try and minimise your injuries and those around you. If the vehicle is a much larger vehicle, let's say... Um, SRV um, or you know those uh, Range Rovers, Land Rovers, stuff of that nature that's a different kettle of fish that really is a different kettle of fish to be hit by one of those and to operate the same procedure there's a great deal more agility required on your part to get you safely onto the bonnet so there isn't a problem because you've got to get up and there's, a, there's massive height issues and differences there. And I'm not saying this should, you should go out and try this, by the way. I'm just saying if you find yourself in a situation. Also, ask yourself a question. If you are finding yourself in a situation where you are being, you know, you're standing in traffic and there's a vehicle bearing down on you at speed, chances are it's your fault. 
you know, you are partially to blame for this. Yes, cars travelling too fast, not disputing that. But you've managed to find yourself in the middle of the road. Why? If it's a zebra crossing, if it's traffic lights, it's not your problem. If the lights turned red, that's okay. You are crossing the road. You are you're in the right here. But if it's not, if you're crossing the crossing the lights when the lights are at green and the traffic is flowing and you're hit by a vehicle, it's also your fault, right? So I'm not saying that vehicle, uh, the motorists are to blame all the time. I want to make that very clear. But there is something here, and Tammy's struck upon this. And if you check out the show on Friday on YouTube, you will see Tammy going through um, this particular procedure. She's using an American vehicle, and she shows you what I've just described. Things that you, just for a moment, might be able to save your life. From a film perspective, um, it's used a lot, and this particular information, you know, she's a, a purveyor of some of some of the great knockdowns. She's done a couple of terrific knockdowns. Um, Tammy's a wonderful, wonderful performer, and I would urge you to check out the video on Friday, and then check out Tammy Baird anyway, because. Uh, She's got a couple of terrific knockdowns uh, in her reel. And also on Friday, there will be a look, an opportunity to look at a number of other lockdowns as well. Um, and you can compare them, because this is the timing method that we've looked at here. But we will go into other uh, areas for the knockdown, which are available to stunt performers these days, using... Uh, trampolines and wires. Wires, of course, has taken over and is very uh, is into into most areas now from a rigging perspective. So check that out on Friday. I hope that has been of some use to you. If you've enjoyed that, thank you very kindly. And uh, I look forward to us catching up again on Friday and next week. Check out the Pod Dojo Network, uh, who are responsible for my podcasts. Um, they are available all sorts. You would have you would have heard a little snippet of information in the middle of all of this. Uh, so do check them out. There's plenty of podcasts there to check out as well. And try and stay safe, please. I don't want to hear that any of you have been knocked down by cars, particularly after listening to this particular episode. That would uh, that would annoy me hugely. Uh, so please stay safe. And until next time, it is bye for now.